Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Episode 360, After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Derek Roy going to join us today. I'm going to try to back off the negativity of the Sabres. I think we were a little little hot on them yesterday. A lot of people liked it, though. Appreciated the honesty. So I'll take that for what it's worth. I'm more worried about what the audience thinks than what you or I think. <laughs> What's up? It's interesting that you start the show that way. There, there's a lot of frustration. There, there's no question whether you're talking about the fan base, you know, individual people that uh, that love and watch the Sabers. There is definitely frustration. There has been a lot of um, going all the way back, going all the way back to the words that came out of Darcy Regeer's mouth almost 13 years ago. He sat up on on uh, the podium after the season. There was a clear direction that this team was going to go through a change, a change in going through some tough times. And he said, there's going to be some suffering. There's going to be some suffering. Now, I, I'm sure that Darcy Regeer back then did not, thought that, did not expect, he did not expect this. I'm as much as I don't like Darcy. I do believe that his plan did not mean a baker's dozen years without the playoffs. So true. When when Darcy Regeer sat in that podium and said that there was going to be some suffering, he knew that in order to for this organization here in Buffalo, um, he understands that we are not Colorado, we're not LA, we're not Anaheim or San Jose or Florida or Tampa or places that players desire. We are Buffalo. Buffalo is not a desired place for many players. Once they get here, they love it. They don't want to leave. But once they get here, they see how beautiful the city is. That being said, the only way of making this team better is through the draft. And the draft takes time. It takes time to make your draft picks. And then you have to develop your draft picks. And then you have to make sure that you surround those young players with the proper veteran leadership so they can learn. And that was supposed to probably take three to five years. Yeah. I'm pretty sure McDavid was in that plan. Could have been. Very much. But going back to what I was saying, um, there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of anger um, yeah, from but the you, fan you, base that you said it was interesting that I the started hockey. the show that way. Why? I'm, well, I was, I'm, I'm leading up to my, my point. Okay. Um, there was That's a good. lot of negativity in yesterday. Yeah. Everything that I said, I feel, and it's only my opinion. 
And there are some people that I think completely agree with everything that I said. And there's some people that are sitting kind of in the middle. And then there's some people that, that don't agree. And that's, that's okay. Cause they're only opinions. We're not, we're not in the lion's den. We're not sitting with Kevin Adams and all his staff and Don Granato and the coaching staff. We're not in those meetings. We do not know what's going on behind the scenes. We do not know the vision of what they're trying to do. The only thing that we can do is try and articulate what is happening because of what, what moves have been made up to this point and how they speak to the media. That's the only thing that we have. Here's my point, Petey. Now that we got it off our chest, I want to talk about how, what are the solutions to getting this in the right direction besides just going out and making a trade? Okay. Because it's probably not going to happen. What players need to step up to the plate? What players are we going to start to rely on and say, okay, he's been kind of out of sight, out of mind right now, but we need this player to step up for a month in the absence of a Alex Tuck or a Tage Thompson. Who do we need more from? Who's going to benefit from this opportunity? I, 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 Craig, I, I made some suggestions yesterday. I, I don't know. I, I will have to. What Casey was the Middle, suggestion? Yes. Yeah. Well, I said that, but then we went down the path of is Casey Middlestad a first or second line center? Yep. And and I don't know if you remember what you said. I mean, this is what Vanek says about you all the time. Like, you know, you say something yesterday and you don't remember it today, but No, I remember what I said. Okay. Sorry. Make your point. I, I, I don't have a point. I was just saying my, we were my very point, negative my yesterday, point yesterday and I don't want to be that way today. And I don't Was I negative to... or did I speak the truth? Well, it, it's Am negative. I wrong in it's, saying it, Am I wrong in it's saying it's brutal that we... truth, Craig? It's okay, brutal, it's brutal truth. truth. Thank I'm you. I'm going to be honest with you. I was hoping, I was hoping that going into this season, that at this point, we'd be talking about a team whose record is 10 5 and 1. Yeah. 9 6 and 1. With some consistency in their game. With when they're playing at home. Okay, it's a, eight it's five a, it's and a, two, eight five and two. That's the, the the Detroit Red Wings. If the Sabers were eight five and two right now, I would be thrilled. Hmm. I don't know. Okay, you can be thrilled. Seven but seven eight. We were four. ahead of Detroit last year. Uh, but Detroit's made trades. They're not relying on young players, Craig. They've actually brought players in. They've adjusted with goaltenders. They they look at the veteran defense they brought in. So I'm not. What do you mean? We were better than the than Detroit last year. They actually changed roster pieces on on every position. Yeah, for the last three years. Every year, every year they've been adding pieces for guys that are going to be here two years down the road. Like it's just unbelievable how short sighted this team is. Like you think you can just go out in the middle of a season and grab the player that you need to help you win this year or get over the hump. Jesus, it doesn't fucking work that way. You go here through we go the season. Again. All I wanted to say was, didn't want to be as negative today. Uh, Royce's coming on. I quickly, quickly, quickly. Something popped up on YouTube yesterday, and I need to bring notice to it. The Ray versus Domi Beyond Blue and Gold has been reposted again, and I want everyone to go and watch this. As some of my um, 
some of my most proud work. It's on YouTube. I've tweeted it from my Twitter account. Go check it out. Sorry for the uh, AirPod in my ear. Fucking JJ's like, where are the AirPod? Where are the AirPods? You can hear George in the back. I'm like, I don't need to hear George. I know. Just where the air. Now I got a fucking AirPod in my ear the entire documentary. That was JJ's contribution to the entire show was his AirPod. Fuck. Anyway. Go check it out. Also, listen to this. So, before we get to Roisy, you ever heard of the uh, Sports Podcast Awards? I have not. Um... So uh, their social media handle says Sports Podcast Awards, the official home of the Sports Podcast Awards, powered by, I don't know, who the watch the 2021 virtual ceremony. So I guess there's podcast awards. So they tweeted out yesterday, one month into the NHL season, who's leading the podcast airwaves in the U.S.? We were number 10. We're the only independent guys on here. The best part about this sports podcast awards, this is the part I wanted to get to, was this. So they sent us a DM back on October 27th, and they said, hello there, just to let you know, entries are open and closed this Sunday in the sports podcast awards. I wanted to invite you to enter. Entry is free to independent podcasts with the code INDY. Any questions, please let me know. I said, question mark, what is this for? Question mark. He said, the Sports Podcast Awards. You can find more information on here. And then I, I, I didn't end up going into it. It was So then <clears throat> a bunch of days later, he responds, we, ex- we have extended the entry deadline a week if that helps. And I said, I'm not sure if we will be entering. Greatness doesn't always need recognition. <laughs> oh, man. Only you would say something stupid like that. Honestly. But but again, I I do agree with you. I don't need I don't need a bloody award. I don't, I don't do this, do for, this for an award. I do this because I love it. Yeah. I I enjoy watching, keeping up on current events, and and just chatting hockey. I received an Emmy trophy for the documentary Ray Domi that won an Emmy. I didn't win the Emmy. I was a part of an Emmy winning production. And I'll say this. I didn't, when I started it or when we started talking about it, I should say when I started, but when we started talking about us working with Michelle, you know, it was just, it was more about just making a great project, making sure Ty wanted to be there, making sure, you know, Razor was into it, making, you know, the setting was perfect, which Michelle came up with the setting and, and Michelle was already, Michelle Girardi, yeah, yeah, and she's fantastic down there yeah. with the saber. She's done an awesome job. Yes, and so I just wanted it to be an amazing uh, project, and I was I loved being a part of it. Just seeing all the moving pieces that go into it, and all the amount of people that it takes, and how long it takes to actually get to the finished product. But then, then the Emmys came out. We got nominated, and then I wanted to win. Then it's like once you're nominated, I want to win. I want this thing to win, and it won. And I'm yeah. I'm super proud of it. And I I you love know what? it. I've been, been reposted. Been doing this show a long time. I've never sit sat here and listened to you pump your tires so much in one show. Well, because I don't think I, I, it had nothing to do with me really. I was just well, yeah. It, to be it a actually, part of it. you've said that it has everything to do with you. I did say that. How did I overlook that point? 
Let's go to Derek Roy, someone who never makes it about him. Hey, Andrew. You ever been in a car crash? I know you have because you're a terrible driver. But fortunately for me, I haven't. But I know who I'd call if it ever happened to me. Call our friends at Salino Law, 800-555-5555. For a car crash, call Salino, 800-555-5555. You looking for a nice little getaway? Seneca Allegheny Resort and Casino. Natural beauty meets true luxury. Surrounded by the lush hills of the rolling Allegheny Mountains, incredible views are second only to the outstanding accommodations and service. Enjoy the AAA Four Diamond Resort, complete with luxurious rooms and amenities, expansive dining options, and of course, world-class gaming nestled in the foothills, just a short drive from the quaint village of Ellicottville. Go to SenecaAlleghenyCasino.com for more details. Oh my God, we were recording there? <laughs> nice Why muzzy, would... by the way. I didn't even see that. It's a muzzy mustache. That's the Derek Roy duster right there. Eh? <laughs> you had the greatest when you were, uh, what was the Halloween costume that you had? The uh, oh, White Goodman from uh, Dodgeball, White Goodman, and you're a speedman. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually I, I grew the mustache out. And then I uh, just put just for men on it. And does that ever bring it out, man? It looked great. I might have just for men. What do you mean? Just what is what the hell is that? Like a dye for your mustache? Yeah. Dye, jet, jet black. Jet yeah. It dyes it a little bit, but it also makes it, it makes it thicker. It's you're great. not going to, you're not going to bleach your, your duster. Are you ever, you coming on tomorrow with a bleach black duster? You look like Tom Selleck. <laughs> I got a, I, I, I got a nice duster right now. This Riffs, is uh, pretty have, solid. Get that thing going with the black, okay, and then I'm not throw that. on throw on a, a Detroit Tigers hat. <laughs> Only you could do that. I've been telling you this for years. You're Tom Selleck. You're like the lookalike. <laughs> Tom Selleck. Yeah, for Who Magnum the fuck P. wants I. to look like Tom Selleck? That's Magnum PEI, bud. Great legs in the shorts, though. He had the short shorts. Great legs in the short. I can love Magnum PEI. Yep. P-E-I. P-E-I. <laughs> uh what's up, Rosie? How are you, man? I'm good, guys. How are you? Oh tough yes, day sir. at the office yesterday. Well, tough yeah, day at the office. You know yesterday. Buffalo Rosie. You know the with the Bills and the Sabres going down in the fashion that they did back to back days. You know the Pagula jet was loaded at, at uh was loaded with fuel over at Pryor and got out of town. Yeah, I'd imagine so. That was uh, the Bills losing to the Broncos. Tough bounce. And um, they look flat, and the Sabres look flat coming out for that thousandth game for Ocposo. So I felt like they should have came out with a little more jump. And they should have been harder on pucks. I feel like that's that's their thing. It's They're not hard on the puck. And uh, defensively... What does that mean? What, for the listeners that are listening, what, is, what do you mean hard on puck? What does that mean? Hard on puck is on both sides of the puck, offense and defense. You can be hard on the puck offensively, but when the puck goes the other way, you got to be hard on it at all times. And even not even hard on it, find your man in in the neutral zone, find your man in the offensive zone. It seems like they're just circling around a lot, and then guys start getting open. Even Levi made some great saves early on in that game too. Like that could have been even worse of a score. Like 
they're giving up all these chances because they're circling in the in the defensive zone. I don't mind if you're circling the offensive zone, keep your speed, but in the defensive zone, you got to always face the puck, know your guy is, and do your job. And some of the goals, guys are doubling up on players. They're making passes. Guys are scrambling. And then in front of the net, they're not picking up sticks. So who's hard on okay. sticks, hard on the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What like th- that comes? There's there's a number. What would of- happen? What would happen if Lindy Ruff witnessed multiple players losing battles, like literally one on one battles, one foot in front of the net? What would Lindy Ruff do? I'm not, I'm only saying Lindy. I played for a lot of tough coaches. But I'm I'm only saying Lindy because we played for him and we video, all know how Lindy and was. A, video totally and then a battle practice, man. battle oh. practice. So you don't yeah, want to battle. You, you don't, don't, yeah, don't want to battle. How many times do we hear Lindy say this? You don't want to battle in a game, then we'll battle in practice. Yeah, that, those were uh, those were rough practices, and and then you you realize what battle is. I think those um, some of those players don't don't know what what a battle is. Right. Like you got to get in there. I mean, you're going to lose battles. Let's be honest. Like you go to a puck. One coach is going to be pissed that you lost the battle. It's a 50 50 puck. It's going to be a battle. You're going to lose some. You're going to win some. But on the other side, at least at least you're at least you're trying and engaging. You know what I mean? Like engage. If you lose a battle and then you go in there and the guy's twice your size, I get it. It's, it's going to happen. But engage with him. And then maybe he loses the puck. Maybe you, you you brush him off the puck a little bit and then he doesn't get to make the play. It seems like guys are just turning around, making plays at all at all times of the game. And there's no – I get it. They're not trying to hit and put guys through boards, but you still got to get stick on stick on the puck and make sure that that player doesn't pass the puck and jump by you and make a play. If you finish your check, even if it's not even a big check, then he's eliminated out of the play, and then he can't jump by you. I just hope that any big chicken shit listening, not from the Sabres, just anywhere, when they hear you say that, they actually know that you did that as a fucking pint size player in this league. Tiny Char- little turd. Charas, name it. Name the most aggressive defenseman. Pronger, Chara, name them. And you went against them. You didn't back down. You actually, in fact, Derek, and I will say this about you, and this is, this is aside from your personality and being in the locker room, what players loved about you the most on your team was the fact what you were willing to do at your size to win. And these players... I don't think they know how to do that. I don't think they have that instilled within them. Why and is I don't, that though? Why is that? I don't know. And I don't know. How can you tell me that a coach doesn't say, doesn't pull clips from another team of another player that is not as good as a vast majority of the players in this league and show the way he works and show how he's successful instead of showing your own players, show someone else. Who is this on? Who's it on? I uh, listen. It does the the, the players that I name right coaching. now are those. It's coaching. It's coaching. You brought up Lindy Ruff. Why is Lindy Ruff able to get, you know, players that are very similar to what Buffalo has here now able to play a certain way? I could find a Jokin Hesh in this group. I could turn any one of these guys into a Jokin Hesh. Jokin Hesh was a very highly skilled player, but actually decided to take and focus a vast majority of his game on the other side of the puck. Am I wrong with that, gentlemen? Very good defensive player. Am I wrong? On the ice, late twenty goal scorer, penalty killer, big face off guy, just a very reliable player. Okay, I could find anybody has the ability to do what Jokin Hash did on this team. I just don't know if they know how. I don't know I if think they know how. I think when you put the the same amount of the same player 
look at uh, Edmonton, for example, back in the day when they had all those for first round picks, like all those first overall picks. They're the same player. So they're they're they their whole life they've been doing this. They've been trying they scoring goals, circling away from the puck, they've been doing whatever they want, and you know, it's succeeded and they made it to the NHL, right? It this this team seems to me, the Sabres team seems to me like they have all the same players, and nobody's willing to do what you're doing, like be that Jokin Hesh, be the guy that's gonna score 20 goals, but be on the defensive side. You know what I think that they they lack right now is an understanding of what their job description is on on all the teams, Roisy, that you played on, whether it was Edmonton or the the Buffalo Sabers or Vancouver. You were on those teams, and and you basically understood your role. Okay, like Thomas Vanek on the Buffalo Sabers when we played, his job was to do what. Score goals. Score fucking goals. So we're not asking, we're not asking Thomas Vanek to go out there and be the tough guy. We asked him to go to the front of the net, take a goddamn beating. He had ice bags on his back almost after every game. He took a beating to score goals in front of the net because in order for us to win, we needed him to score goals. When we looked at uh Derek Roy and and uh Tim Connolly, we asked you guys to do what? Pass the puck to the guys to score goals. And score. And score. Your yeah. centermans, you're the two top centermans. We're asking you to score and set up the uh, players to score more goals. Okay, that's your job description. We weren't asking you, Derek Roy, to go out there and start to push and shove and get into fights because guess what? There were guys on other but lines. We're not asking these guys to do that. But everything that we want these guys to do, Roisy would do. It's what I said all the way back at the start. There's no fighting anymore. And we just what we just said earlier before you came on, we're like, we're not going to be negative today. It's 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 not negative. It's just trying to find a way to get better. And finding a way to get better, I'm sure they have have to show that um there's a couple of plays in the game. Uh, Rivs just sent me a clip. It, you know, that can't happen in a game where the guy just skates right up the middle in the neutral zone, passes it wide. And three guys are standing in neutral, and then they pass it across. The passing rock gets a one-timer from the hash marks. Uh, goes top, uh, best player in the league, uh, one of the best players is, in the league. That clip is on social media. Like, nobody's and, nobody's and when I'm moving. When I'm asking you, when I'm showing you this clip that's on social media, we're looking at Jeff Skinner and, and his body language and how he defends when he does not have the puck because when he does have the puck, he's very, very good. But here's the thing. How often does Jeff Skinner have a puck on his tape throughout a 60-minute game? How much time? 40 know. seconds? Yeah, 30, 40 seconds. Yeah. 30 seconds. Like literally 30 seconds. If you were to clock how long Jeff Skinner has the puck on his stick, it would probably be about 30 to 40 seconds during a game. What about all that time you don't have the puck? Understanding, understanding how another team is attacking you, how the speed of the team, like I'm watching Jeff Skinner in this clip and it literally is the depiction of Buffalo Sabre and how they defend. And I look at Jeff Skinner and I, and we're all praising him because he's how many goals do you have Petey? Seven, seven, seven goals, yeah. 16 games. Well, he's minus 132 in his career. And you're watching this right now. Don Granado is watching this and you're like, you have got to be shitting me. 
Yeah, you're one of the leaders. You're one of the old players on the team. Remember the remember. Is he is he shitting? Is he is is he saying anything to him? It's just I don't know if he's saying anything, but like I was saying, if 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 me and Vanek were in that situation and we were on that clip looking like that, that would have been we would have got reamed out for ten minutes straight in front of the whole team. And then no, you don't would, do it. They, they no, don't no, do no. it again. They, no, you're like, fuck, no. I got embarrassed. I don't want to Royce, do that again. Royce, that's not right. I'm going to tell you this. You fucker. Is you would go, we would be in there for 45 minutes watching you and oh. watching Vanner. When I knew I'd play like a bunch of little pansies. And then guess what happens after that? Then we go on the ice and we get murdered because of you not doing your goddamn job which makes me angry because I did my job and you're not doing your job and I'm skating because of you. So now all of a sudden you got an angry fucking team because I'm getting bag skated and the practices like literally I'm ready to puke because we're battle drills and there's no recovery time. And Lindy's making a point because Hey, if Derek Roy doesn't want to back check on this play, then we're going to friggin' back check all day long and battle and this and that. And that's going to irritate me. It's going to irritate Tony Ludman and it's going to irritate spot check. And it's going to irritate everybody because you're not doing your fucking job. And then what's going to happen is sorry for my, uh, I'm going to tell you how to wake the fuck up, Royzy. Yeah. It's accountability, right? That's, that's it's perfect. accountability. Yeah. Is there accountability on this team? I, I don't think I, w- I would not imagine. Is, so is like Jeff Skinner was... this morning, like here, here's the thing. Lindy Ruff, we keep bringing up Lindy Ruff. God, he's on our show all the time, but Lindy Ruff would literally play that clip of, 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 of Jeff Skinner on that play on the Pasternak goal. He would play it 25 times. And the guys after like 10 times be like, we got it, Lindy, we got it. And then he would play it again and he would play it again and he would play it again because it's so unacceptable. Remember you just pause it. He just pause it. And he had, remember he had the marker on the computer screen though. Like he had the, remember he had the new technology with the Mac where he could use the crayon thing and he fucking loved playing with us. He would circle guys, circle guys. And he just leave it up there. Remember you just leave it up there and pause it and say, look, look at, look at, what are we doing? What do you think Lindy Ruff would say on, Owen Power, six foot freaking six, 220 pounds in front of the net. That is your area. That is the reason why you're getting paid eight and a half goddamn million dollars. It's not to skate up the ice like a friggin', uh, you know, a figure skater. It's to battle in front of your goddamn net in front of your goaltender. What, what, would, what would Lindy Russ say about that? It's to do both, man. It's to do oh both. Oh my god, like, look man! At, look at Dal- look at Darlene. What he does, Darlene is probably your most physical player on the team, and he's probably your most skilled player on the team. You could do both. Battling in front of the net is, is a choice. Battling in the corner is a choice. That's a choice you make when you go in the corner. Am I going to win this puck battle? Am I going to lose this puck battle? It's not. It's got to come within you. I mean, it does have to come within you, but at the same time, I hear what you guys are saying. It's got to come from the coaches as well, especially when stuff, you, you know, you're going to go ups and downs, ups or, and flows throughout the season. Or maybe the general manager has to go and get players that it is within. Yeah, but you could do both. You could skate up on the around the, the ice like a figure skater, like you say, dangle guys, score goals. But when that puck goes in the corner, if that puck's in front of the net and there's a guy with you, that's your choice to either win the battle or lose the battle. So you got to, or at least, or just to engage in it. 
Exactly. Yeah. It it's seems like they are right? telling. I mean, I, it sucks sure when a guy loses the puck, but at the end of the day, it's even worse when a guy doesn't even want to engage with the puck or with the player with the puck. That's that's what's worse, and that's what we're dealing with here. Not, the entire game bottom, is about one-on-one battles. There is one-on-one battles all over the ice. The game in the National Hockey League is about positioning. It's about compete level. It's about one-on-one battles. And if you have skills, high-end skills, okay? If you have high-end skills and you're able to compete and and skate and battle on all these areas of the ice, you're going to win a lot of games. I look at the Boston Bruins. I just named you their forwards. And you're like, I don't see any super crazy, amazing offensive or or big dynamic player. I think of an environment in Boston that they only know one thing. They keep each other accountable and they work to the extreme. They're battle-tested players. And then when they bring in younger players, those younger players are learning from the old players because the old players are driving the ship on our team. Our younger players are driving the ship. Who are they supposed to learn from? But also they do it game in game out Boston, right? As opposed to, I watched that though. Why is that though? Roisy? Because every, like the older guys are, like you said, holding everyone accountable because I see the Sabres game and I'm like, okay, yeah, there's a couple good shifts here. Okay. They're battling. They're in there. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it disappears for a period. And then it comes back for a few more shifts in the third period and then disappears again. So I don't know what's going on there. Why, why can't they just keep rolling the lines and next line? Okay. You're up next. Let's go. We need a big shift out of you because you know, we just you know had why a good it disappears because it was Gergensen's and Oposo that were playing the best. That's what I'm saying. Like some, some of the lines are like some of the players are playing good. They're playing good hockey, but it's, there's no, there's no rolling of the lines where the next line goes out there and does the same thing. The next line goes out there and does the same thing. It's it's a consi- like there's no consistency in the game, and I don't know what that where would that come from. I'm not sure. Probably coaching, but you, you have to you have to have consistency in your, consistency in your game. You got to keep playing with speed, keep playing on the puck, drive the puck to the net. You know, I don't care what they do, pass the puck around, make plays. But if you're not, if you don't have the puck, you go got to go get it. And the, have- the only way you got to go get it is you got to be mean and and get in there and get it well how do they get this power play going well we talked about it last time well um, yeah we've uh, talked about it have they scored a goal since on the power uh, they scored a power play goal since it was just that dalene goal but that was that's what we talked about he did yeah. the in, individual effort to neutral right that was it what would be the first thing that you would do now that tage thompson's out He's he's obviously a big part with that one T on on the far side. And there's no one on the team that even comes close to shooting the puck like him. So there's going to be a change in the dynamic of the power play. What would one thing that you would do to at least give yourself an opportunity to to go in the right direction? Because the power play is going to change. With Tage Thompson not on that one time, one timer side, the power play changes. Who and what would you think about maybe changing, altering to get it going? Because right now it stinks to high hell. It's like 29th yeah. in the NHL, which is unacceptable. I mean, I think I would put uh start. I would put Skinner in the bumper position and I would put, you know, bigger guy in front of the net. Um, it, it's usually a tux position. Um, 
he'll probably be back there once he's healthy and hopefully hopefully we get tucked back healthy because yeah. man he's he's missed he's missed what it, else you got it it is nice to have like the little guys in that bumper area create a lot because they're in and out and all over the net yep. skinner's great around the net with with his hands and skill he's and he, one of the he, best man he, he in, in that bumper puck. area yeah, and then you got green, maybe Greenway in front of the net, like a bigger presence. And then yep. you just start getting Delhi at the point, uh, you know, Middlestat or Paterica or somebody on the on the half wall on the strong on the weak side. And then to and then start the, to start, I would do, right I would side. do something, and you know, it might be an unpopular thought, and I've pretty much torn this guy apart for you know quite some time but i would victor olsen i've always said is insanely talented hockey player okay i would be putting he, his bread and butter is a shot and his ability to make plays i would be putting him on a power play on his one timer position yeah um then you have middlestad on the other side where thompson is who's now catching pucks on his forehand driving the net and has the ability to go across box across side to a Victor Olson for a one-time shot. So there's, you're still going to have very highly talented hockey players on the ice. It's just going to be a different look. And Victor Olson has a world-class shot and skill. So I'd be getting him on that number one power play. Give yeah, him a shot. You, so you asked me what, what I would do is I would, I would pretty much put two number one power plays together. Cause you, you have the, you have the, the amount of players to do that, right? Just put them in the position where they can succeed and then say, all right, you guys are going to battle it out. Whoever's the best power play is going to be the first power play. Whoever's not the best power play is going to be the second power play. And that's how usually you do it around the lines because you don't want tired players. So usually you got to take a couple players off one line and, and a couple players off the other line to basically distribute your power play. And uh, I would make two power plays and let just practice and and practice and see which one is the best and then go with that and then you create you create a, a sense of urgency you create um you know maybe light a fire in some guys asses and and then say hey if you want to be the first power play you're going to have to earn it you have to work hard and you have to earn it and then you know those guys are obviously going to come out and and that practice is probably going to be the hardest power play practice you'll see and then that transitions into games Oh, is that where I chime in? You guys talking about player? I'm I'm, far, I'm taking a nap over here. <laughs> no, whenever, whenever you create, whenever you create that competitiveness in practice, that'll transition to a game. Like if you create a, a power play where it's just yeah, you pass around whatever guys are half half assing it, not trying. You know how that practices are where you just uh, it's like uh, token pressure on the power play and guys just when you have around. guys that are complacent is when you're going to have a yeah. power play that dips. That's where have, it's yeah, at. When you have competition and practice and guys get pissed off at each other and shit like that, that's great. That's that's what you need. Do you think guys are getting pissed off in this environment with the Sabres? Everybody's happy. Everybody loves to be here. This is a tight group. The point is, there needs to be some uncomfort in this group. It's great that they all want to play in Buffalo. Kevin Adams and Don Granato have been masterminds, masterminds in the last number of years of developing and building an environment where players want to play in Buffalo. Okay. And that's super important for the longevity success of the team. 
But right now, it seems like this is a country club. And I don't know the environment. I'm only saying this, and maybe I should shut my mouth because I don't know the environment in there. But it seems to me, with the way that these guys come out and compete on a nightly basis, there doesn't seem to be any pissed off players. There doesn't seem to be um, that urgency in how they play each and every night. Like watching them play at home is like, what in the hell are we watching right now? Playing at home, when I played against the Buffalo Sabres, all of those years, years and years in, in, when I was with Montreal, I hated coming into Buffalo. The fan base was nuts. They were loud. They were into it. They had a team here in Buffalo that represented the city. Blue collar, hardworking. Even your stars, Danny Briere was an asshole. And he knew it. And so was Jury. And so was Afanaganoff. And so was Dumont. All of their guys back then, the top guys, were super hard to play against. And it was not a fun building to go. When you went to Buffalo, you're like, we're in one. We're in one. Does that seem like that's going on now? No, and, and they have the team for it too. If you look at that team back in the day that we played, where we made the, those two cup runs, this is a similar team. As in, like, we weren't huge back in the day. We weren't like, you got probably four four guys under five nine. You know what I mean? As Fords. But we still got in there. Like Briere used to get in there, get the puck, take it to the net, drive the net. Drury used to how many power play goals did Drury score in front of the net and tipping pucks and getting hit? You know what else he did though, Royce? You know what else he did? Yeah, win faceoffs, kill penalties, no. did everything. After I would he would drive the net. And a lot of times I was on the ice with Danny Briere and he we laugh about it now that we're done. Oh, but I hated spirit. him. Yeah, probably I hated him because yeah. believe me, if he's coming to my area, he is going to pay for it. I don't care. He's going to pay for it. So I'm going to cross check him. I'm going to do something. Then all of a sudden I get stuck in the nuts. I get a slash in the back of the legs. And then now I'm pissed yeah. off and I'm like, I'm going to tear your goddamn head off. You little rat. <laughs> and all of a sudden one shift later, one shift later, guess who's on the ice. Andrew Peters. Got um Adam and you Mayer, got, you got off, you and they're got off the ice, and they're all well. That's because I play against top players, Petey. But you guys got on the ice, and now all of a sudden I've got, um, you know, these players that are watching the game and know their roles, and they're coming on the ice, going, "Don't even think about it, Rebe. I'm going to rip your head off." That's the difference. Danny Burier was allowed to do anything that he wanted to do because he knew that when he skated off the ice, someone was coming on the ice to go, don't even think about it. Uh, he was a tough little, he was a tough little bastard. Hey, Roisy, didn't your shoes end up in the pool because of a night on the power play? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, I remember I had family in town, which made it even funnier story. Um, So I had family in town and we go to overtime and I think it was, I don't know if it was a five on four or four on three, might've been a four. Remember we played four on four OT. So I think they had a, they had a penalty and you know, it was, I think it was me and a fan again off one out there um, with a couple D man or whatever. And 
you know how you four on three, you're working the zone, you're making plays, and then maybe they chip it out a little bit, and you and you go in, you go back in there for a quick one, and then you're back in there for forty seconds. So then, so then we come off and change, and and uh, nobody said anything or whatever. And I think we were on how long? Probably, how long? I would say about a minute and a half. I'd say we're probably on for a minute and a half. Usually, you try to get your minute in, and then okay. And this next is your one. rookie year. This is your rookie year or second year? I think this would have been my second year. I want to oh, say six oh seven. Yeah, after okay. the lockout, I think, yeah. And so I'm usually the last guy uh, out of the locker room for whatever reason. Uh, I like to chat with the boys and hang out with the guys. Walk around and, with your shirt off and your spandex, just yeah, tell everybody exactly. how well you played. Exactly, you know you know it. So <laughs> after the game, I'm I'm walking out. I think the Drury was left, and, and I'm like, I'm looking at my clothes, and I'm, I'm like, where are my shoes at? So I'm like, guys usually – hide stuff on players or play tricks or jokes or whatever. And I'm looking for my shoes. I'm I'm literally looking everywhere in the locker room. Like, I'm like, where could they put these in the fridge? You know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, underneath the TV monitor, like whatever. So I'm looking everywhere and I'm like, I have no idea. And then, and then Drew comes out of the pool. Uh, we had that, that pool, that, uh, that rehab pool. And he comes out of it and he's like, I'm like, Hey man, did you see my shoes? He goes, yeah, there's there's a pair in the pool. <laughs> I was like, what? And so I go up there and I look, and my pair of Hugo Boss shoes are in the pool, just drowning at the bottom. So now I'm like, all right, jump in there, grab my shoes. It just soaked. And so now I got to see my go see my family. I, I had family in from out of town, so then I just put my sneakers on because these shoes were just drenched. And so I walk up, I had to go into the stands where all the families and friends section is and had, had my sneakers on. So that was, uh, uh, that was pretty funny. But the next day I showed up and I, I kind of had to piece it all together, figure out who it was. And, and found out Danny, Danny threw them in the pool because he, <laughs> he was pissed. I took a long shift on the power play. Wow. How old were you then? Like how many years were you in the league? I would have been like 22. So, did, were you you're, a full time so NHLer at the time? You would have been a you would have been a five year vet on this team. Yeah, it would have been a full in it. Yeah, it would have been after I think after the lockout year. So I played my full year in the NHL and then played a lockout with Rochester. And I think this was my it would have been my third year pro. But it was pretty. <laughs> I never took a long shift on the power play after that. I'll tell you that I need my shoes. Seriously, <laughs> did you learn from something like that? Or did that, were you completely irate? I mean, it is rather passive aggressive, if you ask me. Yeah, it was, I mean, it, it could have been um, rectified handle. and handled in a better uh, situation. Maybe you could pull me aside and, and say something instead of, you know, a little you know, talking to would have sufficed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe even just yelling at me, you know, lashing out would have probably done better than throwing my shoes in the pool. Um, but uh, you know, that was one way he handled it. <laughs> He got emotional too, man. He got emotional at times. Fucking guy. Well, he wanted to win. He wanted to win I hockey know. games. I, I get know it. He, he did. wanted to win hockey games. He uh, and we're talking Danny B, but it was that same year, or maybe even the year before, when we had three goalies, and Mika was so pissed he left the ice early one day. Like he only went on the ice after practice for like twenty minutes, and Danny wanted to stay on and shoot. Like he and I was down shooting with Danny because I'm we're the only two guys on the ice. So I can't get off. I can't leave the ice when the fucking captain sitting there working on his game. What do I got to do? And I'm just kind of standing around, like like watching Danny do this, and I'll he'll be go ahead, do a rep. 
Wamika just skates off the ice, like out of nowhere. And Danny's standing there. He's standing there waiting, like like kind of like between the top of the circles, just kind of doing like mini breakaways, you know, from all different angles. And uh, Mika just just skates off and down the tunnel. And then uh, we're waiting, and I'm I'm kind of kind of quiet. Danny fucking turns and launches his stick over the glass. It gets stuck in the net way up at the top, you know, the net behind the glass. Skates off. Okay. Mika is half undressed. Like Mika got in the locker room, tore all his up, upper stuff off, packed a snooze up top, upstairs, up his upper lip. And Danny walks in. And I guess I was also still on the ice, just starts tearing into him, tearing into him. And I'm, I'm standing on the ice still in the same position. I hadn't moved. I, I watched Danny walk all the way down the tunnel. Danny comes back out with a new stick. Okay. And then literally, 45 seconds after that, out comes fucking Mika Norn and like, and he got in that and Danny worked him, like worked him hard. And I was in on it. I was just kind of like, oh my God. And I rode the shotgun the entire way, but it was, he was, Danny probably went another 25 minutes longer than he wanted to, but man, did he make Mika work and work and work. And then he got on, and then he just skated off the ice. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, unbelievable. I noticed guys when when guys like that. Like How old Danny was Danny at Drew, the time? Probably thirty. Like 30 third by thirty. No, yeah. if I was yeah. twenty, so if I was oh five oh six, I was twenty five. My brother was twenty seven. Danny would have been twenty eight. Okay. Like those guys that didn't score, I, I noticed that um, from me coming up. I noticed that when Drury or Breer or one of those guys didn't score. That next day, if they didn't score a few games, you could tell that next day in practice, they put so much effort into scoring goals and getting the net and figuring out a way to score goals. And then it would translate into games. So then I was looking at that as a younger guy being like, fuck, these guys have it figured out, man. They're like, you don't score. You work a little bit harder to score goals. You work hard in practice. You work on your shot after practice. Like these guys are doing all the things. And then it doesn't doesn't sit in your brain anymore because you're like oh i can still score goals i freaking scored 10 at practice today you know what i mean i drove the net yeah yep. you know battled i fucking yep. got there i scored and uh i think that that is a true testament of a goal scorer you, you get you get pissed off and then you work on it the next day and then you translate into the game danny b was an intense guy i want to read this tweet to you before we either move on or move out this guy writes and he's written to us before and again, we were super negative yesterday, but there's not much to be positive about. And Craig even said when we came on today, he's like, let's try to, you know, spin it and just, you know, what can they do to help improve things? Well, tell you what they can they can do. They need to start moving some players. They need players. They got to start making some trades to bring some guys in. I'm sorry it's true. You got to figure out how. No proven goaltender, no number four defenseman. Sorry, no proven goaltender, no number four defenseman to help power, no energy players, no grit. Let Mike Pekka walk. Turns out it was a hell of an offseason. I was just, listen, I mean, that's kind of in a nutshell, Craig, what you were saying yesterday when you started the entire rage on Shred and Ragon yesterday morning. But, I mean, everyone can play with energy. That's not, uh, you don't need an energy player to come in and do it. Uh, you know, did a Finneganoff play with energy? Fucking right, he did. Okay, like every night he would skate as fast as he could all game. And for me as a centerman, I'm like, holy, I got to keep up to this guy all for the whole game. So, 
yeah, he raises my energy level because he's skating so fast. I move the puck up to him. I got to catch up to him. You know, and energy doesn't mean like go out and fight and hit and, you know, have to battle all the time. You can, you can work in energy in a hundred different ways. You can use a lot of energy winning a face-off, man. Like how many face-offs they lose? Probably like one of the worst teams in the league on face-offs. I saw that I was watching the thing and uh, Boston was talking about, you know, how good they are on face-offs and, you know, the Sabres have one guy that's like 50% and everyone else is under it. You know, know, there's there's energy you can use in all different uh, zones of the game. Rizzy, when you say that, a hundred different ways of energy. It's, I I just, I love getting different perspectives from guys because that is so true and it makes me think about something. I I, I do, I'm very self-deprecating when it comes to my career times, but I spend a lot of time sitting on a bench and I can tell you, that sitting, literally being the grocery stick between the D and the forwards and listening to a bench when things are good, things are bad on good teams and bad teams and how things are handled and how guys talk to each other at different moments of different times of each season. That's a critical area too. Communication on the bench, talk between the D and the forwards, the coaches to the players. I mean, all of it has to be there. That's energy there, getting guys ready for the next shift, talking about what just happened. I mean, I used to hear all this. Guys would come off. You'd hear D partners talking about what just happened and plays that they could have made. Did you see me here? Coming down the other side, sliding to me, you have the first line, and they're talking about, you know, playing against this guy and how they have to, you know, get in behind him. And I mean, it's just... There's so many different ways to have energy. And I look at this bench every single game and I find that it's very flat. I don't find that the coaching staff has much energy or I'm not saying they have to be rah-rah, but I don't feel like there's much going on behind that bench. I mean, you got Tortorella barking behind your shoulder. You got Lindy with a deep voice. You got Jacques Lemaire. I mean, friggin' the guy in New York, Laviolette. I mean, there there are, I mean... Cassidy, Montgomery, these guys are barking all the time at their players, all the time. Philly's overachieving. The Rangers are one of the best team in the league. Vegas won the cup, and Boston can't figure out Boston. So can I ask you, can I ask you a question then? Because understanding what has tried what's been built here in the last number of years through the draft. Okay. And the understanding that you're bringing in a coach and coaches who are great teachers, continuing to teach and build confidence with their young players. Okay. What is the time? When is the time that you're not just coaching and trying to gain the utmost confidence for your players that you start to have a standard in which you're going to get to this or there's going to be, there's going to be trouble because this is our standard. Now there's no more development. There's always going to be developed. Sidney Crosby at age 36 is still developing. That's in his mind. He's still getting better and he's still learning at his age, things that he needs to do. So he's still learning. But the Sabres have a very young hockey team. But at what point, Petey, Derek, is it not just about continuing to pamper, not pamper, but be really supportive with mistakes and learning and doing video and continuing to keep the confidence of these young players? At what point does the whip come out? 
Oh, they, nobody skated yesterday. All the guys were off hurt. There was a bunch of guys were not, not many guys on the ice. Just a normal standard practice. Just a normal practice. That's all it was was a normal practice. I felt uh, when when somebody got traded, that is when you're like, okay, I got to, you know, if somebody can get traded, then anything's on the table, right? Like if you trade somebody, that'll make everyone else be like, oh, shit, they'll want to be there even more. <clears throat> I can tell you being traded sucks. Being traded, being moved um, from your home, <clears throat> going to a different team, going somewhere to, to play, and they, they don't really know you. They didn't draft you. They don't have any uh, invested in into you as a player or a person. Um, sometimes you know it's not is not as as rosy or the green is uh, the grass is not always as green on the other side. So I think you know when you if you ever did trade somebody, everybody else would be like, "Wow, this I got to get my shit together and I got to start playing better hockey." And then you're going to start seeing some urgency. Are they at that point? Are they at that point that you have to make a trade? How about start cracking the whip a little bit on these guys? Like Owen Power should have sat on the goddamn bench for the rest of the game, losing a battle one foot in front of his goaltender. Is is Devin Levi supposed to make that save? Is Devin Levi supposed to make that save? Well, there's the start of your game. Well, did you, did one, you that's one nothing right there? Did you see after that goal the when Marshawn had three whacks in front of the net and Levi made three saves? Like literally two minutes after that goal happened. And it happens again. And if Levi didn't make those three saves, you remember what I'm talking about? It was like literally yes. two minutes right after. Yes. He yes. made three huge saves, kept them in the game. And I'm thinking, like, they just literally scored an identical goal here with a shot and a rebound and a, a lost battle in front. And now you lose two battles in front of your own net within two minutes. And the goalie's got to make three saves. Like, where, where does if it come out? Where you're forwards, like, if opposing forwards yeah. feel comfortable five feet in front of, of the offensive net, then you're in for a long friggin' night. You need to make season. all of those guys. Season. You need to make all those guys fear to go to front of that net. And there's going to be guys that that pass the fear, that they're fearless, and they're going to go there and they're going to take the beating and whatever it takes to get there. There's a lot of guys that will go there, and you're still going to abuse them. You're going to abuse them because that is your area. You're protecting the most important piece on the ice, and that's your goaltender. Okay. If those guys want to come to that area, you're, you're going to abuse them, but there's a whole bunch of guys that don't want to come to that area and they're going to stay on the outside, which is going to make it easier for the goaltender. When I'm sitting there watching Owen power, literally watch a guy lose a battle and he shoots the puck in the net. And at the end of it, does it make the guy pay for the goal? I would have cross checked that guy's arms off. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Who's, who's going to come out? I'm six foot six. I'm 220 pounds. You're going to tell me, well, he's just young and that's not his game. Well, holy shit balls, man. Come and sit on the bench then. Cause I don't need a Rover. That's going to fly up the ice offensively. I need a defender. I need a guy that when he's in his zone is going to defend like it's the last time he's going to play the game. And there's just too much softness on the ice. I don't care if he's making eight and a half million dollars. Hey, you know next that year. Clip, you know that clip. Get him on said. the bench. Jeff Skinner, after watching that clip, are you friggin' kidding me? 
wouldn't have well, seen some, the ice the rest of the game. Someone tweeted uh, to, uh, you know, we, we sent out, is this effort acceptable in Saberhood? Because they don't call it Saberland anymore. It's Saberhood. Um, someone responded to, dude's controller disconnected. Just get him a couple AA batteries and he'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Ovi. You see that Ovi yeah, goal yeah. in the playoffs? Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. That was like that one. Oh uh, yeah. Remember we were talking about energy a while ago, how energy, uh, you know, around the team, what I was going to say is, uh, energy is contagious. When you see one guy going out there and, and giving his all and you're sitting on the bench and he's making, let's say he's making 8 million bucks and he's sliding, blocking a shot, going to the corner, finishing his check, you know, whatever, you know, uh, you know, creating energy. Then as a player on the bench, you're like, well, if that guy can do it, like if Danny and Drew go out there and freaking battle their asses off, I, I have to go out there and battle my ass off. You know, it's leadership and contagious. Like it's it's contagious, man. Like or, when, you see when I sat on the bench, when I sat it's... on the bench and watched Thomas Vanek on a power play, literally take a six foot long stick from Zidane Chara to the back. 20 times on a power play because they didn't call shit back in the day. Don't forget okay. the, don't forget Thomas the, Vanek, the ankles, cross check, slash, cross check, cross slash, check, slash, cross check, cross check, slash, cross, cross, check, cross check, check, back, slash, slash ankle, cross check, slash. <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching this and I'm watching and I'm thinking to myself, man, oh, Jesus Christ, just move to the side of the net, Vanner. Take a, take a little breather. And Vanner's just sitting there like, no, just eating no. it. He's just eating it, eating these hits and, and sacrificing his body for the betterment of, because I'm going to tell you, if he's got a shot coming to the net, that puck's going to get tipped and it's going in the net and he's going to turn around at Z and he's going to give him a smile and then Z's going to lose his shit. And then it, it, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like that's it. He's telling Z you're not big and strong. You're not big enough and strong enough to move me from this net. And that's Vanner. That was his mindset. That was his mindset. Or it's going to take everything that you have to get me out of here. Yes. But also anything to win hockey games. Is this going to take a bunch of cross checks and slash the ankle for me to score a goal to help our team win? And then to watch, and then to watch two massive ice bags, every game go on his back. And then to sit there and and watch him go, that guy should be illegal. He shouldn't be allowed in the league. <laughs> Just pay him off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's man. the mentality. And I, I mean, like that excited me watching Thomas Vanek do what he had to do to go to a, an extremely tough area that a lot of players did not want to go to. It made me want to play harder. And that's just the way it is. And right now they're... This team has, they're loaded with skills. They're loaded with talent, but they're, they seem, and I don't, I'm so sick and tired of hearing, well, they're young and they're still developing. No, this team has all the talent and skill in the world. It's about one-on-one battles everywhere, whether you have the puck or you do not have the puck. It is all about one-on-one battles all over the ice and the Sabres are losing too many they have too many players that are very soft in the in the defensive zone the way that they're trapping like oh my god man it's just so easy and it's not easy for the sabers to go against other teams other teams are battling 
They're making it very difficult on the Sabres. But the Sabres are not returning that and saying, you're not scoring on us tonight. We're going to do everything in our power to keep goals out of our net. And that's not the case. They have a whole lot of guys that are super insanely offensive, and they're more worried about outscoring teams than to play the proper way defensively. It's just that's just my thought, and it needs it needs to change. And they have the personnel; they have a very skilled group, but they need to get the skilled players to well, play the, the bat- right way. The, ba- the battle level is up when they're on the offense. It's the battle level on the defense right now that's not. Uh... That they're not doing, and to get they're they're getting the corner, getting pucker, they're moving it around the offensive zone, they're getting shots. They're, every game it seems like they're getting quite a bit of shots, but it's just and since the when the puck passes the that blue line, and now they're in the neutral zone and the defensive zone, it seems like nobody wants to even you know put effort. They're just like give me the puck back so I can go back on the offense. Let and, me just go ahead. go ahead and what finish that. And it, it's not fun playing defense. Nobody like if you're an offensive player, it's not fun, but you got to do it. If you want to win hockey games, you got to do it. I would have to compare after the whistle to the Buffalo Sabres like this. After the whistle would be Ivan Drago and the Buffalo Sabres are Apollo Creed. Throw the towel. Throw the damn towel. We have just literally beaten the shit out of this team the last couple of days. Are they underachieving really, or are they really just good about this myself? Bad. What? That's the question. Are they underachieving to this point? Or are th- is this our team? Is this where we are at currently? Well, I would I would assume they, they thought they were going to be in a better spot right now than you know under 500. Um then you got Thompson going down. How long is he out for? A month. So you're going to have to, you know, some guys, maybe this, maybe this is good for the guys. Maybe they're going to have to be like, all right, now I got to up my game. And then when he comes back and he comes back strong, then, then, uh, you know, everyone else's game is, is, is at a higher level. Someone's got to step up. And, and when you have a player like Tage Thompson go down, there's a tremendous amount of minutes that need to be filled. No one on this team will fill them. But it's an opportunity for someone really to take a a, a large step in their career. Right. Rosie, what happened after Drew went down after he got hit by Neil? Who played center? Like Dan, and then what about when Danny got hurt? Was that you? Did you have to go up and play more minutes? Uh yeah, there was oh, that's a, actually an unbelievable story about this. So we're playing in Atlanta and I was, I don't know, it was, it was my first year in the league, and I haven't been playing like crazy, like just you know, ten minutes game or whatever it is. And Danny and Drew have been playing all the minutes. So they one goes down. I don't remember which one goes down in the first period. So I'm playing a little bit more minutes. I'm like, oh man, this is it's tough, man. And we go from ten to like fifteen and fifteen to twenty. There's a oh, different yeah. conditioning go, in that. When level. you go from three to nine, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> So then, uh, then, then the other one gets hurt. Danny and Drew are both out of the game, and now I'm playing like all over. The, they're like, "Oh, you're gonna play on the PK, you're gonna play power play." So they're just like, "Rosie out, Rosie next, Rosie." So I'm like, "Holy!" I'm like, I played over 20 minutes, and then I'm dying. So I'm on the bench, and we're going to overtime. And this is back in the day when overtime was still five on five. So I'm like, I'm not gonna start overtime. No chance, right? I'm just like, I'm gas. So then uh, Lindy goes, Roisy, you're up. 
And I'm like, oh my God. So I look at my tape job on my stick and it's just like tape is all over the place. Right. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to skate over and get, get a new stick. And meanwhile, everyone's skating to the center ice draw. And then uh, both all the trainers were in helping Danny and Drew because they just got hurt and and they're kind of figuring out what, what's going on there. So then the only person standing next to the stick rack is Darcy Regeer. So I'm like, hey, Dars, Dars, Dars. And he looks over at me. He's like, what the heck? And I'm like, hand me a stick. And, you know, like, you look at the stick rack. There's like 50 sticks on this thing. So he's probably like, what the hell? So he's like, he's looking through the whole stick. I'm like, Darcy. And then the ref is blowing the whistle. He's yelling the at me. Order, Darcy figured it, figured it out. Fuck. What do you think? He's, we just mix them all in together. He's he's yelling at me. And then I, like he throws me the stick. I grab it, skate to the center ice. We win the draw. It goes back up. I take a slap shot from outside of the blue line. Passing Nerman and juggles it over his head and ends up going in the net. And we, we win in overtime. I remember and, that game. You know, it was a power play goal. Yeah, it might have been. I'm do, not. Do you know why I know that? No. Actually, no, it wasn't a power play goal. We were losing the game late in the game. And then I went out, out on the ice and Francis Lassard off challenged me to a fight. And I said, okay, we were down by a goal. I turtled on purpose and he starts punching the shit out of me. We get a five minute power play. We score two goals on the power play or something like that. You win it in overtime. But what I remember about that was Jay McKee jumps on top of Frankie Lassard and his fucking skate missed my eyes and my face. I swear to God, because we got spun around. Jay jumps in and I get spun around in this pile on the bottom and his skate, I swear to God, missed my eye by God. It, I watched his skate blade. Like I could see his, like the, the friggin' the blade right by my face. It was, I swear to God, it was the closest I'd ever come to being sliced with a skate. Yeah, that was, that was hilarious. And the next day, the next day we flew to, I think it was like Tampa and I took the, the optional skate in the morning and I just got roasted by the boys. <laughs> it was like my first year in the league. I played over like 22 minutes or so. I was, yeah, I had no energy. <laughs> it was like an optional skate the next day. <laughs> I didn't skate and I just got reamed out by the fellas. Uh, that was funny because but there's yeah, standards, yeah, you gotta, right? But you, but so you got a older guy, but you got to step up, man. Like if this couple of guys go get hurt, this is your chance. This is your chance. You have your, your chance to step up and play and you score an OT winner goal. Like I'm not saying like, that's what's going to happen, but I, I, I had my chance. I took it and I worked as hard as I could to try to save it. And then when, when those guys came back, they, they took their spot again, but at least, you know, I knew in my head that, um, you know, I could play in this league. And that, that's the step you got to take. I'll never forget how close that skate was. We talking about anything else around the league? Edmonton's new three and zero with their new coach. It always happens. Yeah, that's what happens when you let the the franchise player run the team. No, but it always happens though when a coach gets fired. They it seems like the team always comes out and wins the first few games, and then usually it comes back down to sort of reality. But I don't. You never know, man. I think well, I didn't think St. Louis. Didn't St. Louis not. fire somebody and bring in Barubi and then they win? And exactly, then Clint, or right? not. Yeah. Pittsburgh, yeah, their first cup. If you remember, they fired. Um, who did they fire and they hired? Bilesma. Yep. And then they won that year. They were yep. they were out of the playoffs early in the year. They were last place. They were last place in the league at one point. Pittsburgh that year? Oh, I was St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis was last place January 2nd. 
Isn't that crazy? They were in last place. Yeah. And then, but that year that Pittsburgh, when they won their first cup with Crosby, they they went to the finals the year before. And then they were out of the playoffs by like 20 games in and they fired their coach. Who was their coach? Uh, was it Tarian? Was it Chris Tarian? Not Paul Michelle? Tarian. Michelle Tarian. Michelle Tarian. Michelle Tarian, yep. And then I think they brought in Bilesma. Bilesma took him to the finals. They won. And then then they let him go midseason and brought in. You remember, remember New Jersey? The guy they have now. Oh, yeah. New Jersey made. New Constantine Jersey. or uh, was it Constantine who was like, I, I think they were first. They were first in their in their division. They ended up firing him. First in the league, I think. Were they first in the league? Yeah. And were they, they, I think Lou and Lou fired. Lou fired him. <laughs> went on the bench. Yeah. And did they not win the Stanley Cup that year? Not sure. Didn't they have um Larry Robinson? Larry Robinson on the yes. bench. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is, I mean, it, it does change the mentality of players when you get a new coach in, you know, new energy. Um, you know, it, it seems like everyone's got a blank slate, so everyone comes out flying because they know, like, I got to press the new coach if I want to get ice time and I want to play. Great stories today. Hey, Dars. Hey. <laughs> so true. Oh, man. So funny. Nah, I like, like, I, I've, never, I've never heard of any human being having more nicknames. The Golden Bear, Niles from uh, Fraser. Fraser, yeah. Uh, who is the other? Who do you ever hear the, do you hear the Greg Nanny story he was talking to Darcy? Oh, yeah. I was going to bring oh, that one up. Oh, my God. Go that ahead was, and tell that. You should, that you, should, you, should, you should have brought it up, man. That story's hilarious. Do you know Riff, that story, Riv? No. Riv, are you there when you used, you used to do the, um, you know, the, the skate at the training camp? Like you do five times in a row, skate test, skate t- skate test with like a minute break in between. Definitely did. I did it every year. Yes, in Buffalo. yes, yes. I remember that. So Greg's just finished his skate test, either before or after. I'm not sure exactly, but he was I think sitting he was there waiting. They were all waiting on the bench to go and do their skate test. Yeah, so he's waiting to go, and he's having this conversation with somebody, and he's they're just chatting, and uh you know, he's talking about the season and whatnot, where, you know, where he's, where he lives this last year or whatever. And then, and then Greg's turns over to him and goes, Hey, what do you do here? Are you the, um, you know, the, the trainer or like the equipment? Yeah, guy one of those, he had a tracksuit jacket on. Yeah. 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 Or he, he had a tracksuit players. jacket on. And then he goes, uh, I'm the general manager. I'm Darcy Ruggiero. <laughs> just imagine his face after that. Oh, like, man. what do you do here? Who is this the, that said uh, this? Mark Andre Gregney. Greg oh man, are you the equipment uh, guy? Just, or? just drafted eight uh, uh, that year. He was eighteen. He <laughs> might have been like a fifth or sixth rounder, or third rounder, fourth rounder. He just got drafted by him. <laughs> but oh man, Darcy can look at that two ways: disrespectful that he doesn't know who he is, or guys trying to get to know people in the organization. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's being a nice guy talking to everybody, yeah. Uh, I remember when Darcy told that story. Actually, he told that story at the team golf outing. Afterwards, you and I hit the casino and we won about six, seven grand each. Do you remember that? Oh, I remember when you were like, eh, you know what, I'm just going to play this $500 hand and walk away and, and see what happens. And you won it and you're like, all right, well, I'll play another one. And I think you won what, nine in a row. And it was like a, a, and I I kept a, handing you every five hundred dollar chip, and then yeah. I would get a double down. And I'd be like, "Hey, Rosie, can I can I have a five hundred dollar chip?" I'd be like, "Petey, come on, it's a thousand bucks." I'm like, "Fuck, give me the money, Rosie." 
So there'd be like, there was like a crowd behind us because it was just like, he couldn't lose a hand. It was crazy. It was like nine or 10 in a row. It was, and then, yeah. and you lost that one hand and 11th hand or 12th hand or whatever it was. And then you, we walked out, we're like, all right, we're out of here. But remember imagine guy- if you kept doubling it and doubling it. <laughs> at what the- point, at what point would you have been like, all right, I can't double fucking 20 grand now. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know I mean? at one at one point, the guy's coming over is like, hey, uh, do you, can I offer you guys a room for the night? <laughs> so stay dinner. <laughs> <Yeah. all> the- <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right, Rosie. Good stuff.